0: After Jesus was born, the wise men came and they didn't come empty handed. And I suggest that when we come to Jesus, it should never be with empty hands. They brought expensive gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Some 2,000 years ago, the wise men did come with gifts, and of course, that's what we do a lot of today and celebrating and exchanging gifts. But the gifts that they brought were actually an act of worship. And it's easy to miss that part of the giving of gifts, isn't it? Their focus was on worshiping the newborn king. And so the gifts, yeah, it was a great thing to do and it's great that we do it as well but behind it should be the worship of the King, the Savior, Jesus, born this Christmas morning. What a marvelous day it is. There is only ever one right response to the birth of Jesus, and that is to worship Him. Lift our voices on high and magnify His name. And yes, We can do that with gifts, but I want to suggest maybe a different form of gift than you might have considered. We can worship Him with the gifts or the gift of our love, of our time, of our energy, of our abilities, of our finances. We can worship Him by giving Him the gift of the very best that we have. As one of the carols that says, Our finest gifts we bring. I played my best for him. This Christmas, would you take time to consider your worship of the King? Can you say and endeavor to say, Lord, my finest gifts that you have given me, I bring to you my abilities, my talents, my time, my sacrifice. That you and I might be able to say, I gave my best for him, for Jesus. Sadly, these days for most people, the whole focus on giving and receiving gifts, that's become everything. And the idea of worship doesn't enter people's minds in fact many people don't even know what Christmas is about they're so caught up in the party and the food and the gifts that they've forgotten whose birthday they're actually celebrating isn't it incredible that across the globe millions of people are attending celebrations exchanging gifts partying and they don't even know what the party is about isn't that incredible? How, how can millions of people go to a party and they don't know why? They don't know the reason for it. Imagine if you were invited to a great celebration and you just went along and then you said to someone, other, what's this actually about? They say, I don't know. <laughs> Does anybody know? Let's ask the MC. Do you know? No idea. Wow. I think people just know there's something about Christmas. That you have to celebrate. Even they don't know, even though they don't know it's about Jesus the Savior, deep down in the atmosphere of the world, it's still there. You can't get away from it. So when it comes to gifts, the wise men brought very meaningful gifts for Jesus. Some of the gifts that people bring us don't always quite fit the bill. May not always be what we wanted. So, we see the modern day custom of recycling presents. Let me remind you of a story of a couple I knew whose elderly mother and mother in law gave them a nice gift. The problem was she forgot that the gift she gave them was something they had given her a few years before. <laughs> if you're into recycling gifts, make sure you know who gave it to you in the first place. And do not give it back to them, even if five years have passed. They will remember. I suggest you give the gift to another city or even another nation just to be safe. (laughs) I even have to be careful of that because I go to many different nations. What is the best gift you've ever received? I wonder. I want us to consider today, what is the ultimate gift? Well, there was a big headline in the Herald a few years ago, which says, Delivery of the Ultimate Gift. I thought, wow, here we go. This has got to be good. What is the delivery of the ultimate gift? Well, it was a delivery. It was about surrogacy, and that's where a woman carries a baby and does a whole pregnancy for someone else because they can't have a child for some reason. One mother... About uh, who said about the woman who had a baby for her, she said, I'm not religious, but she was like an angel sent from heaven. Well, that baby was not the ultimate gift, but it was on the right track because the ultimate gift was a baby, a very special baby. The mother was Mary, and the father was God Himself. Let's read the story in Luke chapter 1, verse. 30, 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When they saw him, she was troubled. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Is the ultimate gift the most expensive one? You might debate that. I want to suggest it is if you measure cost in terms of sacrifice, not in terms of dollars. Luke 1, Luke 21, 1 to 4 says, he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor woman putting in two mites. So he said, truly I say to you that this poor woman has put in more than them all. For all these out of their abundance... Have put in offerings for God, but she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. What do you think impacted Jesus so much that he had this recorded in eternal scripture? It certainly wasn't the amount that she gave. Two mites is about a quarter of a cent. What touched Jesus in this case was a sacrifice behind the amount. You see, it's one thing when somebody gives out of their abundance, but when someone gives all they've got, that's a whole nother level of giving. And over the years, some people have given to me, and I've thought, man, that is an unbelievable sacrifice, knowing the circumstances of that person. It's not the amount, it's the sacrifice behind what is given. I wonder, as Jesus watched this widow putting in all that she had, giving her all, that maybe he got a glimpse of the heart of God the Father, who made a great sacrifice and gave all he had. He gave his only son. It's not like he had three sons or four sons, and so giving one, he still had three left, so it didn't matter. And he gave the only son that he had. Huge sacrifice. He was willing to give his best. I also wonder if maybe Jesus saw a reflection of his own heart as he moved towards a cross where he ultimately also would sacrifice everything by laying down his life. We're talking about the ultimate gift, which was by far the most costly and expensive gift that would ever be given and ever could be given. I think it will take us all eternity to comprehend the price that was been, has been paid, the cost to God the Father and the Son, to come to earth and die upon the cross for your salvation and mine. Yes, right. This is, friends, an expensive gift that cannot be measured in any terms or words that we might know or understand today. The ultimate gift came to us through the ultimate sacrifice. John three sixteen. God so loved the world he gave his only son. And again, we need to consider what will be our measured response to this great sacrifice of God for you and for me. He gave His best for you, for me. We must, in return, give our best for Him. Lay down our lives and sacrifice in order to honor the one who gave his all for us. It's not a big ask, friends, when you consider what he's done for you and what he has done for me. Throughout history, God's made it clear that there must be a sacrifice to pay for the price of sin. I think we forget that sometimes, don't we? We sin and we know that Jesus forgives and covers our sin and we go to heaven, but friends, friends, a price had to be paid, an enormous price to cover for your sin and for mine. It's never underestimate the high cost of the forgiveness of sins. And God made it clear that it would usually be a lamb. But we see in Scripture that ultimately God would be the one to provide the lamb for the sacrifice Genesis 22, verse 8, Abraham prophesied, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. First of all, it was one for one, a lamb for a person. We see this in the case when God killed animals to get skins to cover Adam and Eve. Second, it was a lamb for a family, and we see this at the Passover, when the blood of the lamb was sprinkled on the doorposts and the lintels of every home after a lamb had been slain. But then third, it was on the day of atonement. It was a lamb to be killed for the sins of a whole nation. But then there was yet one more step that had to take place. Fourth and finally... it would be one lamb for the entire world. Yes, it began with one lamb for a person, then one for a family, then a lamb for a nation. But that was all only a temporary cover. They had to keep on doing the lambs or bulls and goats over and over again. But when it got to one lamb for the whole world, This was the perfect sacrifice that never, ever needed to be repeated again. John 1, 29, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was the one that Abraham was talking about, God's Lamb, His only Son. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Freely for any one of us to receive and receive the gift of eternal life. One lamb for the entire world. All the blood sacrifices repeated over and over pointed to the one great final sacrifice of the blood of the Son of God born this Christmas season. And His blood would cover the sins of all people for all time, in every age, in every generation, in every land, on every continent, in every tongue, in every tribe. The blood of Jesus would be sufficient to cover for the sins of all humanity, never to be repeated again. There's enough power in the blood of Jesus to cleanse billions of people across the globe from all their sins. His blood can make the vilest clean. His blood can cleanse murderers, thieves, prostitutes, (laughs) adulterers, drunkards, drug addicts, thieves, you and me. His blood can make us clean, acceptable in the presence of God. When he looks upon you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ. What a price has been paid. What a gift we celebrate this Christmas morning. It's all about Jesus. This is His day. It's not your day. It's not my day. It's not your kids' day. It's His day. It's Jesus' day. He paid for this day. The least we can do is celebrate it and worship our King. The blood of Jesus has never lost its power. What's more about this ultimate gift of Jesus is that he went all the way and finished the reason for which he came, which was the cross. The birth was just the beginning. Max that great writer, talks about the way we often give up before we finish. How many of you have got books that you have not yet finished, started reading? Diets that we start, then give up. The gym that we join and never go to. Or stop going to. Projects that we don't complete. And I think our inability to finish then shows up in some of the more painful situations of abandoned families, deprived and fatherless children. And when we think of giving up on the important things of life, when it feels easy to quit and hard to remain faithful, consider Jesus' determination to go all the way to the cross and not quit. The ultimate gift, given this Christmas season, did finish his task. He was born as a baby, and I guess he cried when he had teething troubles like any other baby. He would have felt pain. He wasn't immune to it as a baby, as a boy, or even as a man. Yes, he was God, but he was also man. Son of God and Son of Man, so he's tempted in all ways like we are. You've got to believe he was tempted to quit. He was tempted not to go all the way, especially to the cross. He was tempted to not go through with the pain, the grief, the rejection, the betrayal, the hurt, the sorrow the disappointment, all of the things that you and I experience in life. But Jesus didn't quit. He saw his job through to the bitter end. And it was a bitter end. He hung in there literally until he could finally yell out, it is finished. Will you let his example inspire you today? as you walk with God and serve Him, can I say, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let the discouragements, the tough times, doesn't matter how hard it gets, how tough it gets, don't give up. Just think of Jesus going all the way to the cross. Christmas is about the birth of a Savior. Now there's nothing left for man to do except to receive this gift by faith. Unto us a son is given. We just have to receive it. This ultimate gift that costs more than any other gift. It's a gift that will never wear out. Some gifts you get wear out. It'll never break down. Some gifts break down after a few days. This gift is just as good for a child, as a teenager, middle-aged person, old person, male, female, married, single, rich, poor, any social status, this gift fits all. Perfect gift for every human being. Over 20 years ago, nine men were desperate for a savior. What happened was this. They lay trapped in a coal mine more than 200 feet below the earth. The mine had suddenly flooded, and they were all forced to a dead-end shaft. Fortunately, there was an air pocket there, but it wouldn't last long. After a while, the leader told them that they had about one hour left, and then they would be dead. After silence tears and prayers. They wrote notes to their loved ones and sealed them in a plastic bucket. Then knowing they only had minutes left, they said their goodbyes, wrote themselves together to face death. Then they heard a voice from above, can you hear me? They almost couldn't believe it. They didn't speak. They were so scared they were just imagining it. Then they heard it again, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Then began the great rescue of nine miners who had given up all hope of being saved. We love rescue stories because they give us hope that if we ever get ourselves into a real mess, there's always a chance of a rescue. The truth is, friends, we are in a real mess, trapped in a dark world of sin and no way of freeing ourselves. We need to hear a voice from someone above. And there is a voice. There is a voice bringing glad tidings of great joy. There is a voice declaring a Savior has been born to rescue mankind, you and me, from our sin. The message of Christmas gives us a promise of an eternity in heaven. If we will believe and receive the ultimate gift. The great reformer Martin Luther called John 3.16 the heart of the Bible. For God so loved the world he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's so simple a child can understand it. Yet it condenses the deep and marvelous truths of salvation into a few powerful words. Let's break down that verse in the next few moments. God, the greatest giver, so loved the greatest degree, the world, the greatest number, that He gave the greatest act, His only begotten Son, the greatest gift, that whosoever, the greatest invitation, Believes the greatest simplicity. In him, the greatest person. Should not perish the greatest deliverance. But the greatest difference. Have the greatest certainty. Everlasting life. The greatest possession of all. For God so loved you and me and the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It doesn't get any better than that. (laughs) Musicians, please.